All right, I believe we are live. Uh, so welcome back to EOS Radio. This is our new weekly update show every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I'm your co-host, Ash Oro, and of course, my brother uh, Zane and co-host Zane Whitener is with us. Hey, Zane. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. I know we took a recent break since Anarchapulco, but we've got a fresh format. And I think it's going to be a pretty high value and stay very relevant to everybody. So yeah. let's see what we can do today, Ash. No doubt. You know, if you go to Anarchapulco for seven nights, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to recover. So, But we're back and better than ever. Uh, today's show, we've got a very special guest from Venezuela that I'm really excited to talk about the current crisis in Venezuela. Alberto, hey, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Ash. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. And this is such a, a great platform to talk about everything that is going on in, in our country and, and related to the EOS ecosystem. No doubt. Thank you for joining. Back and better than ever, Kevin Rose. Hey, Kevin. Uh, keep uh, Watch that mute button. I don't know what's going on. I was trying the space bar trick. Hey, oh my hey, gosh. Dan, hey, Ash, thanks for having me. <laughs> the, the space bar trick didn't work that time. No, uh, so, of course, Kevin, Kevin Rose from EOS New York. Uh, show favorite here. And speaking of show favorites, we got Eve from EOS Nation. Hey, Eve, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Thank you very much for having me on. Really yeah. excited to be here on this new type of show. It's going to be pretty good. No doubt. So let's get right into it. Uh, Alberto, can you give us an update? You're on the ground there. Uh, we've heard a lot about Venezuela. This has been a talking point in the cryptocurrency space for as long as I've been in it about how the unbanked and how some of these countries uh, that have banking issues, international banking issues could really be afforded some freedom and opportunity by cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Can you just give us an update on what, what's going on in Venezuela and, and how cryptocurrencies are affecting it? Well, you know, every time that when you're explaining someone about blockchain or crypto and why is it good or why we need it, you always take as an example, this failed economy country with hyperinflation and all these, these terrible things that can happen to a place. Well, that's right now Venezuela. We are pretty much the example of, of why uh, blockchain and crypto can be so revolutionary to a place. So we have a hyperinflation that is making our fiat currency lose uh, three to five percent uh, worth every day. Uh, we have censorship around every kind of communication, bank system and economics. We have already declared by many institutions and countries around the world a dictatorship that is actually causing great um, a humanitarian crisis in our country. So that's the, the moment that us use Venezuela's block producers and many other organizations are looking, hey, let's, let's actually use these tools that already are in our hands to, to help this situation. So you, have, you might have heard how Venezuela is becoming right now kind of in the spotlight in the crypto world because we having the highest volume of transactions per day, the second biggest, uh, uh, volume of transactions per day in, on local Bitcoin. So Bitcoin and certain other cryptocurrencies are becoming a reality in Venezuela. Now, the challenge that we have is actually getting to the non-crypto people, to the average Joe. 
Right now in Venezuela, cryptocurrencies as a technology is being used by mainly foreign merchants or parties that are in Venezuela doing certain business and then leaving. And of course, if the banks in Venezuela are totally close to the rest of the world, and when you have a government that is so strict and over control of this issue, crypto is just the only way that it's possible to connect you know, a, a trade from Venezuela to the outside world. We have like a, a big wall and, and crypto is, is breaking that. So uh, as you might have seen on my previous post, right now we, we're facing a sad, sad story. Uh, we spend more than 79 hours without electricity in beyond 80% of the land. Mm, wow. So the entire country was shut down, was a nightmare. So many, many cases that are like sad news, you know, people in hospitals dying, uh, people that were with, you know, critical conditions, just imagine three days without electricity, it's just mm. everything going down. The, the, the losses in, in, in money, millions are just huge. The industry, the, the little industry that we have left is just going down to critical points and and this is the time that we say okay everything has failed what mm -hmm. we can do and that's what we're trying to promote we don't need a savior from from the top we don't need a new government we don't need any other intervention from outside we just need to to foster a bottom-up new economy that is free that is actually not being censored by any other party this p2p platform that we call blockchain and cryptocurrency economy is just the only imaginable possible uh, solution that, that we can come to this situation. And that's what we're trying to, to tell everyone and, and to tell to the world that, that, that help us bring in this topic to the table and helping people. Yeah. And this isn't the first time that Venezuela has experienced this type of hyperinflation, is it? Or is it? Well, as a Latin American country, we have had our economic cycles throughout history. Uh, but as these levels of hyperinflation, we haven't seen it in decades. Right. Uh, I think the last time that we have something like this was in the 80s. And it, it was actually caused by a bigger problem with the oil prices, you know, worldwide. But never to, to this long strike of, of going down and this, mm -hmm. this critical point. This is something new for our history. And we only, we, we got, as a, a, as a country, we, we have only like 200 years of history. So it's not that much, right. but everything is, is a new record high. And, and if you walked out into the street and asked somebody about Bitcoin, how, what percentage of people do you think would have ever even heard of, of Bitcoin or maybe Dash? Well, this is the thing the government did something good for the crypto community that was just legitimizing the speech. Um, maybe you have heard, but the government of Venezuela on 2017 kind of announced that they will have their own official cryptocurrency, a state-sponsored cryptocurrency called the Petro. Mm. The Petro is just a scam from the government another uh, ico scam yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty much like this venezuela because he's declared a dictatorship 
got these trade sanctions by the U.S. and the and the U.N. saying, "Hey, people, you cannot keep dealing with the Venezuelan government because it's a dictatorship, and that is bad for the country, etc., etc., etc." So, what Venezuela sells to the world is oil, and oil is actually taxed on on on. US dollars. The only way that you can trade oil worldwide is with dollars. And if you cannot collect dollars because your bank accounts in uh, abroad are just frozen or you know you have these sanctions, the government said, "Hey, well, we can just create our own cryptocurrency like we see on the internet fast, have this ICO and tell the government just buy oil through this petro thing." Now the reality is that the petrol doesn't exist. There's no exchange. There's no real token. There's no even a blockchain with it. And what they're using right now as propaganda, internal propaganda, is saying, "Hey, worker from from the state, the federal workers, you're going to receive these titles that you is like a voucher that say you own or you will own X amount of petrols." But they're not like tangible. They're not real. So the only good thing that that did for us, for the entire community, is that at least the government said, "Hey, cryptocurrency is something that exists, that is for real." So it legitimizes the usage of it. Now a lot of people will say that they know Bitcoin because that's that's for real the the, the fundamental concept of this technology among the people. And then after that. You you will find the conversations among the people that are actually getting into it, saying, "Oh yeah, I know about icos, about airdrops, I know about this." So it's kind of a, a blooming of an entire new culture of understanding these technologies and how the the money from the internet is actually real and can help a lot. Yeah, and are you noticing any merchants actually like accepting Bitcoin, or is it is it too risky to do that? Well, how no. how how are they accepting it? How's the status on the electricity and the power mm-hmm. grid? Well, that's that's the main challenge. Uh, of course, there are some merchants. Uh, there there are several groups that have done a lot of work in Venezuela. Uh, we have EOS, we have Dash, we have Bitcoin Cash, uh, we have even Monero. You know, organizations that are kind of putting. Efforts to to bring this cryptocurrency adoption to the country. So you will find certain merchants. A lot of online services, like for example in Venezuela, we don't have access to credit cards that can buy for international services and products. So something like Netflix, for example, you can buy with Bitcoin in Venezuela. There are like you know services and companies that are doing these things. So that it's it's working very well with crypto now. Locally, like when you go to the bodega in the corner, or when you go to the shop, that's more difficult mm-hmm. because first the communications, the internal communications, are very bad. So, right now, a cell phone, a smartphone in Venezuela, it it has the same price of like two years of minimum wage. So it's something that it's wow it's too much. It's unvaluable. So finding people that have, you know, the technology, you know, new enough to actually handle wallets or certain level of transactions, it's kind of reduced. And now we have problems with electricity that, of course, has consequences on on the internet. So we have 
at EOS Venezuela a program called Family EOS. That is a program where we channel crypto donations to fund families in need in Venezuela while teaching them about, you know, how to adopt this crypto economy. We do weekly sending of, of the money, right? And this week, for example, that we have this massive shutdown, everyone is like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm incommunicated with the rest of the world. I cannot do anything. My cell phone is not working. My house doesn't have any electricity since days. We don't have water. So it's, it's a moment of chaos that nothing is really helping. But still, it's much more, you know, it's easier or much more secure that someone can find a reliable phone to receive tokens than actually go to the bank. The banks are closed for weeks. There's mm. no real uh, service from the government. There's no uh, enough cash to actually you know, bear the situation. Right now in Venezuela, to be able to buy a loaf of bread, you need a pile of cash like you were a, a millionaire in other time. So carrying cash is not an option either. Right now, all these critical issues are pushing the people to adopt crypto because it's just the most convenient, the most beneficial tool in hands. And that's why we are taking this opportunity because it's, it's once in a lifetime, you know? Yeah, I saw... So I know you, oh, go ahead, Eve. Can I ask something, Ashley? Yeah, I know you mentioned, uh, Alberto, that uh, I think it was 80% of the geographical area in Venezuela was without electricity for 72 hours, 48 to 72 hours. Um, how much of the population is contained within that? And the reason why I ask is, for example, like the, the larger, um, denser population uh, cities, for example, were they still with electricity? And were they able basically to then use the crypto, which then can perhaps propagate into the, the lesser dense population area so that they can hear of crypto and really start this movement? Like, is that, is that something? Yeah, well, actually this 20%, uh, it, it was that, that I actually had certain level of electricity. It was the capital, Caracas. Caracas. That is the main, the, the core of the density of the population in the country and, of course, political power, et cetera, et cetera. So they didn't have the total shutdown. They just have certain moments without good electricity, certain moments with shutdown, but it was less problematic than the rest of the country. So, yeah, if you put the focus on, on the people in Caracas, that is about, I think, 12 million people, you know, in the greater area, you could reach a, a, an important percentage of the population. And that's what it happened. Uh, local Bitcoin is still going on. Uh, we, we send money through our team, uh, through local Bitcoin uh, yesterday and it was working and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of volume. So yeah, still there are certain parts of the country that are still working. And of course it's the, it's the, the capital of the country. So you have more access to, to these tools and to these convenient um, platforms, I guess. And do you see like that, that information being spread out now, seeing as, um, crypto was so useful during those critical periods. Do you, do you see that the, the adoption is growing because it was one of the only ways to actually uh, continue providing services and, and basically doing trade? Yeah. Imagine yesterday I had a call with two NGOs from the U.S. that are working in Venezuela. And they contacted me because they 
hey, we need to send money from the U.S. to Venezuela, and we know that we cannot do that. Could you explain to us how to use this crypto thing? So I'm like, wow, this is important. This is the mm. main obstacle right now for foreign entities to help Venezuela. It's like you cannot touch Venezuela. You cannot send money because you have this wall from the government and the institutions. So the only way to surpass that is with crypto, somehow, some way. Every time that someone asks me, it's like local Bitcoin is just a marvelous thing in Venezuela because you can access to everyone. Uh, there, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of open with, with the cryptocurrency adoptions. Like, I don't care if it's EOS, if it's Bitcoin, if it's uh, Bitcoin Cash, whatever. It's just, we need the help and we need mm -hmm. the, the, the concept in the mind of the people. We need to put the idea of, hey, this can be convenient and this can help you and you can use it now. Because right. a lot of the, the things that you say, well, in the future, we're going to build this. No, right now. We literally have this work, stuff right now. It, it, is, mm. it is a tangible solution. Yeah, and let's do that's it. what is happening. That, and what is it like to have a wallet full of bolivars and then just one day you're just willing to throw them away because they're not worth anything? I mean, what is that like psychologically? You work so hard for this money and all of a sudden it literally can't even buy a loaf of bread. Well, it's a sad story. It's a very sad story. Uh, imagine uh, my family. I'm not, I don't come from a wealthy family in Venezuela. We are a working class family that, you know, have, have pushed our levels to, to, to the maximum to try to survive. And my mom, that is a university professor now it's living outside of Venezuela, pretty much in persecution and without, without anything, you know? I, mm. I could buy her plane ticket to leave Venezuela and that's pretty much everything that she took with her. Mm. We don't have anything else. It's, it's, it's pretty much when you leave a country for war, it's like you're leaving everything behind and you cannot bring anything with you because nothing is, is worthy enough and it won't and change. put you on the radar yeah. if you try to carry much stuff. I mean, that's another beautiful thing about cryptos. I used to travel around, you know, I lived in Panama for two and a half years and I used to travel with, with some gold coins. <laughs> you're, you're not, you get caught everywhere because they're, you know, there's precious metals detectors in every airport. So you can't travel with gold. They've taken our freedom to travel with, you know, free market money away from us. And thankfully we've got cryptocurrencies that they can't, they can't sniff on us or, or find on us at airports whenever we travel anymore. And this is bringing about, this is helping bring about opportunity to create wealth and prosperity to people who understand this technology. And, you know, it's, it's so fortunate now that the marketplace Satoshi or whoever you want to say created these currencies so that we can literally survive governments do whatever they can to try to keep us trapped down. And now we have a means to do business with each other and preserve our wealth in something that's Bitcoin still volatile. EOS is still volatile, but it's le much less volatile than the, than the Venezuelan Bolivar. So yeah, and they're oh, yeah. three, three to 3000 times the value of the U S dollar, but I I'm still confused. It, the power is still out. Right. I mean, that's this is right now. We start to get certain levels of power again. Uh, so let's say that we didn't have in the 80 percent of the land. Now we have certain levels of reestablished power and I think is 65 percent of the land. 
So still we have certain areas that are in dark, in darkness, but now it's, it's kind of getting back again in the most density populated areas, you know, Caracas, the Midwest, and all these, these big power cities. But for example, something very sad that, that one of our team members was telling me today is like, um, there's a region in, in the country in the South that are pretty much the, the, the hard heavy metal industry of Venezuela. And she was telling me that, oh, because this shut down, Venezuela lost their last two uh, aluminum exploitation companies, you know? Like, you know, with this three-day shutdown, the companies couldn't recover their productivity and their plants and, and everything is going down. So it's like the economic collapse that these negligence or problems with electricity it's just going much, much beyond that the burden of not having electricity. This is like a hardcore strike to, 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 the, to the economy of, of, the, of the country. So right now, everyone is just starting to, to think how to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. People are sending us messages just like, hey, can you please uh, teach me how to make money over the internet? Please, can you explain oh, I'm sure. how can I actually communicate in a, in a business way with the rest of the world because we've been shut down. Mm -hmm. In Venezuela, you cannot imagine like, oh yeah, I'm going to send a, a letter to someone in, in Colombia. Not even Colombia, there we are neighbors. We mm -hmm. just closed. So the internet is right now our last resource of, of a window of opportunity to, to thrive, to be prosperous and to reimagine how we're going to rebuild this country. And to remain part of the world. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, for for sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kevin. I, I'm just thinking to myself of how the the infrastructure that we're building for cryptocurrencies across proof of work, stake, delegated proof, stake, whatever. They all they all require access to pretty um, pretty high tech stuff. You know, yeah. you need a you need a thousand dollar computer. You need a thousand dollar phone. Even the hardware wallets, even the one, even the hardware wallet that we're building now, which I love at EOS New York Metro, sorry for the shameless plug, but it wouldn't help you right now because you still would need access to a terminal. And I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I search blockchain phone and we've all heard of the couple that are being built or the Samsung Galaxy has a chip in it. They're, they're, this stuff that is meant to, that is always touted as something that can empower those who don't that like in the United States, crypto is good, but it's but if I don't have access to it anymore, I'll live. You know, the, in, in many places that is it's not just good, it's necessary. And the inf and the infrastructure is missing. And I'm just thinking about how a peer to peer exchange would happen. Uh, when I when we think of blockchain phone, it shouldn't be an app on your iPhone or a thousand dollar phone built specifically for blockchain, it, we should harken back to the days of like a Nokia brick that, you know, something that is low tech, you know, simple screen with, with a, with a way to hold a private key and a way to inter engage with the blockchain in the most basic way possible, like by satellite. That's, that is something that is needed. And I don't know who's building anything like that. Yeah, but then I mean, you still need, so then we get into the problem of, okay, so now you've got your Nokia brick phone, 
but you still don't have any uh, satellite service or you still don't have any uh, provider of phone services. Well, when even that- when electricity yeah. was on, even when tr- electricity was on, affordability was a problem. So I get, yeah. you know, we can only tackle one at a time, mm-hmm. but, but that seems to be the first one is, okay, well, the power went out. All right. And everybody's now, uh, many people are turning to cryptocurrency, but they have no means to access them even when there is intermittent power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of, that's what like, I, that's, that's, I would explore that as, as a, as a, you know, a back, back in 2013 and 14, uh, Eric Voorhees was building a company called Coinapult that even back then you could have a dumb phone and you could send SMS, you could send Bitcoin via SMS. Mm-hmm. Now you don't control your private keys and all this stuff, but Hey, having access to send Bitcoin with someone in a custodial account is better than not having access exactly. to send Bitcoin when you control your private keys. Right. So I, so I, like, I Alberto, that, right now, in terms have, of call to action, is there anything that, like, what can we do or what, what should we be exploring or doing? Well, there are many things. First, as a call to action, right now we have, you know, we've been incredibly humble about all the support that we're getting through the Family EOS program. You just donate to the EOS account one basic income. And we're just channeling all of that to fund, uh, to, to help people with food. Right now, as priority, we just need food. Venezuela doesn't have any food. And we have a lot of families with five kids, with six kids that cannot, don't have cash. And the bank is not working. So we're sending crypto to them. And we have this small network of merchants that are you know, willing to accept that crypto for food. That's something that, that we do in the Family Us program. Now, talking about all these obstacles with the electricity and everything, well, one of the solutions that people have come up in Venezuela is first, we have one service like that, that is through SMS. Like, yeah, I control, it's pretty much like a bank, a crypto bank. Like I control all your private keys and everything. You just send me a a text message and we will just send over Bitcoins to this account and that account. That's kind of working because the the precarious situation that we have. Now, all the things in regards of of putting the technology into dumb phones, uh, the Chinese has helped us with that because there are a couple of EOS wallets, at least, that the requirements for the phones are very low. So we're using that. Uh, there's a lot of people say, hey, this wallet doesn't work on my phone. Well, try this one. And that Chinese one that is very basic is actually working. So that is helping us at least to a certain point. I think at least my relationship with certain teams like, I don't know, EOS Links or Meet One, we've been working with them very close because we're using their wallets to be able to, to do all this work in Venezuela. And when we try to do the feedback is this, hey, we need basic features, we need something in Spanish, because imagine, we're using right now as a flagship, uh, for example, the, the Mid One wallet and the EOS links. And it's very cool, very pretty, kind of intuitive, but everything is in English. Mm-hmm. And of course, something, someone young can try to, yeah, I can understand this English, but we have a, a mother, uh, in, in our program, she's 65 and she's getting all this new technology for the first time. 
and we're just explaining, you know. And for her, the main challenge is like she has to remember by heart what word in English meant the thing that she wanted in Spanish because she's right. not going to learn. She's got to learn a new technology <laughs> and a new and language. a new language. You know, so, I, I I hope that our our Spanish speaking community is you know going to step up and start helping. I mean, just step start helping translate this stuff. I mean, I'm sure that if some high quality voluntary free translations were submitted to Link's wallet or something like that. I, I bet it would it would create incentives for them to incorporate this rather than them go out and do it themselves. I've already sent a message to meet one to say we're going to translate your wallet into Spanish. <laughs> Boom. There we go. That's, nice. what, that's, what the, that's what this show is all about. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, so um, I'll reach out to Fred at links as well to get that done. No doubt. Let's do it. We're literally saving lives by translating English into Spanish here. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I, I want to highlight the website from EOS Venezuela because Alberto is part of the black producer EOS Venezuela and they're right on the cusp of a standby just so that everyone knows their family EOS program. They've uh, had over a thousand EOS donated so far. Their website's very nice. They've sent out funds to help 73 different registered families. So there's really good numbers here. Check out their website. We'll be sure and post it in the notes just so that everyone can have a closer look. But I wanted to highlight that. Yeah, thank you, Zane. Thank and you. you know, every quarter, Freedom Proxy uh, reestablishes our vote and looks at all the block producers that we're currently supporting. And I can tell you that uh, Alberto, you've reached out to me several times and show me what you're doing. And EOS Venezuela is definitely on our short list. So thank you so much for that. Um, well, gentlemen, I'd like to keep moving along here. I, I really appreciate Alberto you joining us to talk so much about Venezuela. It was is definitely eye opening, and I hope this little show helps create some perspective for people and give them an insight of what's actually going on uh, down in Latin America. Um, yeah, I really think his perspective will help people stop fighting about this coin or that coin and be like, well, how can this just help? Because that's real adoption. That's, that's, real. What, that's what everyone says they want. So it's good. I really appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so again, what's your website again, Alberto? EOSVenezuela.io VeosVenezuela.io. All right. We will include that in the show notes. Thank you so much. So as the new uh, show format here, we use EOS New York's Echo Weekly Echo Report, which highlights a lot of the happenings in and around the EOS IO community. We use that every week for our template and we pick some of our favorite topics. So let's dig right into it. Uh, Kevin, when you came on the show, this wasn't on my original list. But let's address another serious issue, block producers not voting. What have you found here? Yeah, and uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I've never done research into it. Before we get into that, I've never done research into this. I'm just trying to, I'm like Googling world's cheapest smartphone. And, you know, there was something from 2016 where the phone, like they totally bailed and they promised something that cost $5 and it never happened. And I just can't, it, it's, it's shocking to me that they're, I don't know. Necessity is a mother of invention. So I hope we all, someone, someone builds something. It's not going to be us, but I hope someone builds something to, to help with this in the future. And maybe it's just a wallet. Maybe all it is like it's, it makes phone calls, text, and can access Bitcoin and that's it. Or EOS. That's it. Um, that's anyway. pretty much, that's pretty much what we yeah. need. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, maybe one day, uh, <laughs> 
Well, maybe, I, maybe I, I did hear EOS. I, I mean, I did hear Bitcoin recently. Some guys just did over a transaction over radio waves. I think that's about okay. a week. I, 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 can't ver- was... I can't verify it, but I saw, I saw a headline. So maybe there's something there. You need a degree in computer science to do that. Or I, I read it. <laughs> maybe reach out to those guys that are listening. <laughs> These guys can do it through ham radio. Let's see it. <laughs> it was a guy, I think that was something in Australia. And this it's an insane story. Uh, I'll, I'll find the link and try to share with everybody. But okay, so block producers not voting. Um, let's, let's talk about what the voting, what, what we're talking about um, is voting on referenda. All right. So we have, we have a great form of governance on EOS and that's token holders delegate their stake, delegated proof of stake to block producers so that uh, they can be put in a position of authority to help upgrade the network and add new features and fix things and the basic things produce blocks. Well, there are also other things that are um, things that aren't that basic and foundational. Uh, We have right now an interim constitution, which is largely considered lacking. Um, And you can vote on on that as a block producer. This is referendum. This is a smart contract that Eve from EOS Nation and a number of other block producers spent months on building that basically acts as an on-chain poll. And everybody can use their stake to indicate intent on certain binary choices. And actually you can do more than binary, but for right now it's just concentrated on binary. So this is really great for the voter to see um, for block producers, which of the block producers that I wanna vote for agree with me on a specific topic. This is the best tool and the only tool to gauge a network-wide uh, level of sentiment on specific topics. So the, if you want to see all the block producers that have voted and perhaps voted in a way that you agree with, you can go to um, EOS Titan's awesome website, which is uh, like labs or let's say heat map. Uh, it's eostitan.com forward slash heat map and you can see every way that uh, a block producer is voted now the biggest problem here is that there are a lot of block producers that aren't voting specifically there are i will tell you in one second exactly how many there are so 34 are voting on anything Ooh. out of the top 100 34 right. on on any- a single thing we're not talking specifically about one position or another just any vote anything whatsoever and everything yes for example rex should should we um add eosio dot uh name and and uh ram fee uh which are system fees should we add that into the rex um uh lending pool mm. and that that means that there are only 34 maximum that may have voted on it and 66 that have not voted one way or another or on anything else at all. I mean, that's just straight laziness. How should we expect, how should block producers expect to get votes from token holders if they're not willing to even go out and express their position on a single thing? I don't understand. And there is an abstain option as well, I'd like to add. So So it's even worse. It's yeah, there's just been uh, completely no action one way or another. So, so um, let's, let's embarrass a couple of these uh, block producers who aren't voting. I'll start out. Uh, Aurora, Miles, why aren't you guys voting? Costa Rica. These, these are people that Freedom Proxy currently votes for, but probably not in the future if they don't start voting. Crypto lines. 
our our friends up north, EOS Canada, these guys are always on the ball, but they're not expressing themselves on chain and referendum. I can guarantee you that they did give a reason, though. I don't want to excuse Canada, but some people like Canada did say they don't want to legitimize the tool because they do not want to be political. So they don't want to take any decisions until the MSIG is put into place. I'm not excusing them. I'm just yeah. saying that that's one of the reasons why people have said they're not voting on the referendums per se. They're waiting for the actual MSIGs. And it's not required by any law coded or spoken that uh, any block producer has to vote on at least one referendum. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you're a token holder, Mm-hmm. You're gonna have you can you can look at a glance um, on at least 34 block producers and what they believe in or stand for or promise that they will do, and then the majority you don't know you'll have to go ask them yourself. Right. And, and there's no excuses. Some of these um, referendums are not really well crafted. Fair enough. Some of these are not translated. Fair enough. However, it's not an excuse because some of these are really well done and they are translated. Mm-hmm. So there's no excuse as to why you wouldn't even just vote for one of them. And, and we, if you do look at the heat map, there are some that cl- have clear, I mean, tendencies, which seem to indicate that at least there's 34 people that understand, or some of them more, I don't know which ones, but that, that clearly understand what the intent behind that referendum is. So there's really no excuse to not vote unless you're taking the position, uh, which I think most of the list that aren't, are not taking a position. They're actually just not doing anything. Right. I mean, a block producer position is a political position. If you don't right. like that, dereg, right? Um, mm-hmm. This is a political position. We, these are the leaders of our network. Not only do they keep it secure, but they have the ability to change direction, manage the code base, and their opinions matter. And I can tell you that from us, Freedom Proxy, we have had an evolution of how we rate block producers and you know are you producing blocks do you have low latency you know are you are you active in the community but also what are your stances on things and mm-hmm. luckily we don't have to send around our little pre-approval form to understand what your stances on things are anymore because we can go to the titan website uh and just take a look at how you're voting and we do that that is you know a staple i mean say, you know that's going to be one of the main things that we shift to coming up because we want mm-hmm. vocal prominent members whether you like A or like B, we don't we don't care. We just want to know because you can't have a community that relies on voting, specifically in DPOS. You, you can't have quiet communities or quiet leaders. You can't. It requires it requires tight cohesion, so that we know what we're doing, what we're accomplishing, and that gives confidence to everybody else that might even think about building. It's like they need to know the future, and this is how it happens, and it's the most official way. So please use your official accounts. Even if it has three EOS, it yes. doesn't matter. It's a signal. Something could happen. We need to know who's a good representative of our ideas. And with every proxy out there, it's a wide range of ideas. We just sure. have to see it. Yeah. And I, as a block producer, I, I, you know, I, I do not feel obligated to vote on every single referendum. And I flat out, and we flat out will not. Uh, there are 85. There are 85 different referendum uh, referenda on chain, we vote for four, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, EOS Nation votes for f- five, yes I or understand. no. So there doesn't have to be there, you know, this 
you don't have to vote on everything. And by the way, this goes both ways. If you're a token holder out there and you're like, oh, how have block producers not voted on anything? Well, have you <laughs> voted on anything? Have you voted for yeah. block producers? The, the, a, 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 governed block, a governance is just a, a means of collective decision-making and, and the tools that and, and the institutions abstracted around these decisions. And this is a fantastic tool. So use it, please. Yeah. So, for example, a, a, an approach that we that we use, because you know, to understand in in the big picture what what is going on right now in in the EOS governance uh, area, is that yeah, we have the leadership of the BPs, we have the actual both weights of of the proxies, but then technically speaking, we are we should look for the community to actual vote. So for example, something that we did at EOS Venezuela is, okay, we have our political agenda, right? But technically we should ask the people that are voting for us or our community what they want, what they need, because Absolutely. we should be responsible to, to actually be cohesive with, with their will. Mm -hmm. So we did uh, a survey, you know, we, we tried to, to span a, a, a survey, we did it in English and in Spanish, to kind of get the idea of what people want, what people are willing to do. So it wasn't that big. Uh, we, we got like 500 plus uh, people saying. But the interesting part is like a lot of people are still kind of dealing with the basic concept of governance in. in well, it was in, very confusing for a know? long time. <laughs> There's still people like, yeah, I, I, I want to vote for block producers by but they only vote for like five. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we need to kind of tackle again why you should participate. It's kind of like normal democracy. Mm -hmm. We have a democracy that supposedly rely on people voting, but if people are not willing to vote, then we don't have a real democracy. Same problem with the governance. So we need to find a way to actually motivate the people, talk to the things that they desire, they're willing to vote, because we have a lot of, of political debate internally, you know, from the political players and, 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 and the key people on the, on the ecosystem. So we need to find ways to kind of transcend that and actually just listen to the average Joe that just have a couple L, EOS, mm -hmm. and not necessarily only the debates between BPs from here, BPs from there, proxies and VCs and stuff like that. So yeah. for example, we only voted on three on three referendums because it was the only thing that we could say, okay, this is what people people are actually interested yeah, in. Yeah, but but you're putting your reputation on the line, you're putting your name on the line, and you're expressing your preference on chain, which is the important thing here. Talk is so cheap. I mean, way too many telegram groups. Everybody says everything. Like I, I'm at the point where I really don't care what you say as a block producer these days, unless it's on chain. Okay. That's exaggerating. But you know, whenever you vote for something like freedom proxy, Oh, you know, I see Zane's wearing the shirt freedom proxy. We have voted on a ton of referendums and not only have we voted on a ton, but we have made comments on the ones that we feel are very significant. So not only can you show your preference, by voting on chain through the referendums, uh, we highly recommend, and we're trying to drive forward uh, both proxies and block producers making on chain comments that are there for hopefully eternity, because we're trying to reach consensus 
using referendum is a great way to signal preference and reach consensus with you and the people who support your cause. So I, I really hope to see, um, you know, Brock the vote, Brock Pierce's running with this Brock the vote thing, <laughs> which is a play on rock the vote. Um, but yeah, I hope people get out, put, put your, Put your preference on chain. Let's do this. This is what we built this, not to sit back and, you know, Monday morning quarterback this stuff. So anyways. Uh, and shout, shout out to you, EOS Authority and Block Matrix are the only three uh, proxy or block producer uh, that have utilized the abstain mm. uh, choice. And also shout out to you for literally being the proxy that is the most vocal, having voted for 20 or more. Uh, the only proxy having voted for 20 or more um, referenda. Yes, sir. So we ripped one day. Yeah. We did like the top 25 when they were like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to do it. Why not? All, it, it didn't all take day. that much time. It didn't take that much time because no. once you have an idea and a philosophy behind what you're doing, it's like, well, that either helps or it doesn't help. Yeah. And it's not a permanent decision. It's like maybe today it makes sense and you write a comment why. Then other people see it and they react. But then somebody makes a good point or presentation. You're like, wow. Let's consider that. And then that's how the ideas happen. But until you make that first voice, everybody's kind of sitting back timid. Like, what are we going to do? I don't want to lose votes. Well, I mean, you might, but you might get more. So you might be surprised. Yeah, I think that's what we need to socialize a little bit more as well, is that just because you're doing a vote doesn't mean you're locking yourself in. You're right, formally right. taking a position on chain. We need to remove that stigma from voting to say like, oh no, I have voted. Now I'm stuck and you know, it's, there's no tomorrow. People right. can change, people can adapt. Absolutely. Arguments can go back and forth and the, the, the idea itself can evolve. Um, and, 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 and I love some people that have like an opinion and a reasoned opinion. And then with more information coming in, they reanalyze their opinion. And then all of a sudden they've changed their opinion. Like the, for some reason that gets shamed in our society. Oh my mm -hmm. God, you changed your mind. Well, 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 at least they had a mind to change. <laughs> hmm. And to Alberto's point as well, like in order the the Titan tool, it just, I can't, I can't say enough good things about the Titan tool portal, the, the proposal. You can literally go down into the proposals that, that are being voted on. And you can see, for example, EOS Nation, I can go and see who's voting for me as EOS Nation. Are they also voting for the same proposals that I'm voting for? And are they in favor or against? And so you're, you're able to use that tool to see what your actual community is in favor or against of Absolutely. all of this is built in it's amazing it's yeah, it, it's really it, underutilized it is um, underutilized. and we, and it, we need to remove that stigma people need to use it more yeah it's great for proxies we can go in and see how we vote and then anybody that proxies to us can remove and vote differently on a particular specific referendum so this is great for us because we're like oh man we voted we voted for eos new york's uh, eua and then we had, you know, let's, I'm just making a number here. We had 7% of our proxy uh, people, our community uh, vote against it on their own. Well, you know, 7%, that's probably okay with us. But if it was like 77%, then we would sit back and be like, okay, are we out of touch here? Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it's wonderful. Um, let's keep moving here, guys. Uh, we've got the EOS torch. That was something that was recent and, you know, this isn't unique to the EOS community, but it doesn't matter because it's a lot of fun. I, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin, I saw that EOS New York just passed the torch recently. Yeah, we got it. Uh, we actually got it twice, which is fun. Um, I, I got it personally in, in my account. And then um, 
I should have passed it to EOS New York when I had it. That Unbelievable. <laughs> I, but no, I gave it over to Ross at um, Eosphere. Great guy, great block producer. And uh, yeah, it's fun. You know, and I, I love reading the articles where they're, where they're like, uh, they're talking about, look at them. They're copying the lightning torch. And it's like, look, we're not trying to claim. Yeah, we're not trying to claim the. the we're not stealing from you. Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's more cool in EOS because it's only one non-divisible token that's free to send. So there's just one of these little bad boys that yeah. we send around, and there's there's no faking it, there's no dividing it, and you don't have to pay any gas fees. And yeah, and people get shamed if they hold on. So Kevin passed it on to Ross. Ross yeah. passed it on to me, yeah. and I was I was traveling, so yeah. I didn't pass it on for like I don't know twenty hours or something like that, twenty four yeah. hours, wow. and I got shamed. Wow, I, look at you. My fingers were burning, and I then know. but the, the torch flew right, and then it, it keeps passing on. And lately, the latest trend with it is that it's going from actual block producer to block producer. I think maybe EOS New York started this, where it was EOS New York is holding the torch, and then passed it on to Liquid EOS, who passed it on to Effects. We, we, we passed it to Liquid Apps. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's not now it's not even just the the individual that's passing it along. People are actually doing a social media post with this. They're doing pictures with this. I think New York right. was the first one to do it. I'm not yeah, sure was, if you are, but yeah, it, it's really cool. Like it's gotten a lot of attention. And now internally, spoiler alert, we've already prepared a little post so that if somebody sends it to EOS Nation, please send oh. it. To you. Oh, you know, I, I have a little thing because I, it's it's, it's just that cool together it's that cool it shows the speed it shows the community it's so fun seeing this cross boundaries and cross cultures yeah. and, you know did, I, did you guys see the lightning the lightning torch is, is acting as a little bit of a dog fooding exercise where it's getting there's something called incoming liquidity when you open a lightning a, a ch payment channel where there needs to be sufficient funds on the other end uh, <laughs> They're, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, becoming yeah. A, it's becoming a problem now it's not bad i mean this they're they're literally testing the thing this this cool thing they started is now revealing some some potential obstacles so i hope that they fix that but uh you know these these exercises are fun and and then yeah. they sometimes yield real helpful results for for sure well, and, and it can it can show how awesome some blockchains like eos are I mean, yeah, no yeah. just shows no how easy to use is this technology. You know, again, to, to a lot of people, still this crypto blockchain movement is like, wow, that's for geeks. Yeah, you have to be super smart. You have to have the technology. And sometimes it's like easier than you think. Just pressing a button it's and like sending a message. Not geeks alike. <laughs> well, it's, well yeah. it's easy in EOS to do it, but I, I was thinking about this whole lightning torch thing and I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll take some time to set up a lightning node. And so, someone, I can't remember who it was on my Twitter, uh, was, was very helpful and giving me all the steps that it would take to set up a lightning node. And I looked at it and I was like, I'll just like log into my links wallet and just like send this out or like log into the meet one wallet and just like <laughs> a button. Yeah. Just what? fingerprint in, say, what? yep, send to Ash. Like, Type in four letters and it sends. Yes. <laughs> I was I was tweeting, I was tweeting with some of the product, a product manager, a manager of product and then a user researcher at Consensus yesterday. Uh, and Joe Lubin had tweeted that out this photo of a lot of people from Consensus that got together to discuss user experience and blockchain. And they're and they're like, what is what's the biggest obstacle? 
And I, I responded like, don't charge user transaction fees. Mm -hmm. Just don't do that. And the, uh, one of the user researchers uh, responded to me saying, well, that's not a blocker. Or no, they said that's not the blocker. Which, and, and I was like, well, it may, it may not be the blocker, but it's a big blocker. The big one. Uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, and, that a, is that a big block joke? That was a nice joke. That was a big block joke. <laughs> and I mean, there's more, than, there's more than one thing. And yes, even that was on purpose. EOS <laughs> is not there yet either. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's still hard to, to like, if I give it to my mom and I, and I tell her, okay, you need to do this, whatever. It's still kind of hard, yeah. but significantly, uh, there's a significantly lower barrier um, to, it, uh, to, to, to the use cases within EOS and being able to actually use it. Uh, and we see that with the, you know, it started, I think the first one really that I made, was made aware of was the Oslinks wallet with $2 accounts. Yeah, dollar um, account and, now. Yeah, was, account. Uh, yeah so that's was, in Canadian dollars. Uh -huh. Oh, that's like, some beaver pals. 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, but then once you have that and once you're set up, it was so easy to use afterwards, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Then you need to figure out how you're going to put EOS in your account, which is then, you know, that's a bigger blockchain problem. It's not necessarily EOS problem. And, and, it's, uh, and we're working through it. I mean, it's getting yeah. easier and easier on EOS than any other blockchain. Um, so we've got Rex updates. EOS Authority came out recently with um, an update about Rex. I think release candidate three for Rex is out, which is pretty exciting. Has anybody kept up with that? Yeah, big shout out to EOS Authority. I mean, we, we um, EOS Nation, we did a lot of testing uh, in the first and second version. And uh, then we were, you know, we were satisfied with what we had. We, we also found the bugs that Authority found. Uh, we've been submitting some GitHub issues, but EOS Authority really takes it like a step forward and just, uh, just higher. They made that new page this week that they released where you can follow along where you are, kind of gives you an idea of, uh, how much testing is left in order to get to the next phase? Block one's been doing the back and forth and and providing the um, the I guess the vulnerability patches um, associated to, to the vulnerabilities that were found. Um, and big shout out to EOS Authority for for doing this. Like they're really known. And, and Attic Labs, Attic Labs as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's more to it than that as well. Of course, just I, I think that having that portal for such a big tool like that will bring a lot of uh, eyes to it. And Attic, uh, Authority is really good at doing that. And so Kevin, give us an idea. How would Rex actually be implemented? Uh, would this just be 15 of the block producers saying, hey, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's implement it. Would this need to go through some ref referendum or what's, what's the steps? Let's just assume that it's ready to be added. 15 out of 21. 15 out of 21. And then it rock and roll. For all, for all features of it. And whether now now the individual decision making of each organization, um, you know whatever they need to act or 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 not act, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that is the final gatekeeper. There is nothing else. And if if the token holders don't like um, some of the decisions, then they act because they, they are the, the the final say of who has the delegated authority to do anything. Right. Now it's a, it's a little trick, a little more trickier than that. Like the code can be approved by the 15 out of 21. Then we need to find an actual UI portal or UX mm. portal. There are a couple in the works. Chintai one authority, but Chintai is one. Authority is doing one. Uh, there's a person in China as well doing one. Uh, I don't recall who. So there's going to be potentially multiple UIs that are going to be running off the same source code, off the same the same code. Now the we talked about the referendum earlier. Uh, one of the ones that has the most traction is the Rex for all. So Rex 
as a unit could come in by the 15 out of 21. However, there seems to be consensus within the block producers that to add the additional funding pools, namely the name fee and RAM fee, and everybody forgets that there's a third pool of money that's never been used so far, but premium ICOs, premium uh, airdrops that we've never used, uh, that was in the white paper, the functionality is there on chain. Potentially in the future, that could be What's one. that account called? So there's three ways to actually make, uh, to, to, to accumulate inflation or accumulate fees from uh, different accounts. One is name fee, RAM fee. There's also a third one, which we've never used and we've kind of forgotten because it's dropped out, premium ICOs. What does that mean? What's the, what's the name of the account? Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. It, the idea is that if you wanted to do a, a, a premium airdrop or a premium ICO on EOS, it could go through the 15 out of 21. And it would be similar to the name fee where you would bid and people would actually, I don't know what the process would be because we don't have it now, but that was the third way of actually accumulating fees and to offset potentially the inflation. We've never used it. Nowhere's there. I probably talk about it for the first time and now in 10 months. Where, where is that source? You're asking the wrong guy, Kevin. It is in the code. You can't though. say something like that and not. You're oh, asking the wrong guy. And just for the record, the name As fees Warwick. and the RAM fees are not from inflation. So. No, they're not from inflation. Right. But there is a third, there's a third pile, a third account that could be used. We've just never used it. Um, as far as I know, it's in the code. As far as I know, it was in the code when it launched in June. So I don't think we've removed it. Well, it's just never been used. Now you're asking the wrong person. I do not go through the code on a daily basis, but it is there. You can ask your tech team. <laughs> uh, okay. So the the right. little teaser of the mysterious third pile of money that I'm gonna find it right now may or may not be around. But but the yeah. general idea is that yes, Rex could be implemented by 15 out of 21. Right. Um, and it would be up to the different UIs to implement yep. the the obvious candidate right now is Chintai. They've already said that they would be doing it and they already have a platform for it. Authority, like I said, is also working on something. Um, I know of one Chinese person doing it and then there will be more as well. Mm -hmm. well and all to the same thing, same thing as the form, the referendum, doesn't matter what UI you use, it all points to the same code on chain. I, I know that EOS Tribe just put out the Taurus wallet and they have Shintai access. So, I, you know, the wallets are gonna follow suit too. They're, sure. they're going to- uh, Yeah, of course. And, and, and you know, this is going to align a lot of interest and incentives, get people to vote, get people some level of passive income, which we'll be tracking. Um, and it, it's, I hope to see Rex sooner rather than later. Of course, I don't want any software that's that's pre-released to come out. But it look, I'm very positive with this. A release candidate three is always, you know, exciting. It means we're getting really close. Um, and decoupling the EOS price from resources. No, not the EOS price from resources. Uh, the token price from the resources. Doesn't it? Isn't it? I'm not following you right now. Okay, I'll just drop that. I'm up. not sure what you mean, Ash. Yeah, I, I was trying to. Anyways. All right. I just put in. I just put in the chat window every single EOS IO system account. Names. You, now, now, Eve, you tell me which one you're talking about. Just make me a liar uh -oh. on air. It is well, there. You just, you just said something that I have never heard of. I've hey, never like, heard of it. Scavenger hunt time. Come on, Eve. <laughs> Back it up. Back it up.
Back, Can't you say back, stuff? Back, back it up. You're going to get hundreds of people looking for this code. Eve's got dumps like a truck. What? What? All right. We're While Eve goes through that, uh, let's chat about the final version of the EOS user agreement. Kevin, what's, what's that all about? This he's is on great. A, he's on a hunt. He's on a hunt right now. Actually. That's all right. Eve. Oh yeah, give him give him some time. It's yeah, we'll right. give you some time. I've I asked know. I've asked the proper people to go and do the research, right. and there, there I know is. that yeah. Canada is listening in. So somebody's got to like somebody <laughs> well, in that well, channel is listening. Josh, while they're digging, Josh, maybe they can vote. Actually, <laughs> Josh, Josh is even saying Josh is even saying what the hell is a ICO? So yeah. very few people know about this. So yeah. if this turns out to be true. Big shout out win to Yoss Nation. And if it doesn't, then it's a little poo-poo stain. It, if yeah. it doesn't, it's always terrible. All right. All right. Uh, the, the, the EOS user agreement, so um, 28%, uh, greater than 28% of all paid nodes on EOS have indicated support. Seven block producers, I think, have indicated support mm -hmm. in the top 21. It's been translated in Chinese. It's been translated into Korean. Um it's been discussed to death, and I just want, uh, I just, I, I'm just trying to push people to vote yes or no, because it's not that long, and I haven't gotten a ton of questions. So either people don't care, or I don't know. I'm just trying to push it to, uh, to conclusion, whichever way that the, that the, the decision makers decide. Mm -hmm. What are you waiting on, Kevin? Because I know that you, you, you had mentioned that, or I'm not, I'm throwing this out to you because you just mentioned it. Um, you had mentioned that because right now there's only, let's say, seven out of the 21 that are voting for this. What if the, and I'm going to be very precise, what if the Chinese block producers do not vote on it until it's brought up to MSIG and they will vote positively on it? If they tell me that, then we will, be, we will propose it. What if they don't tell you until it's proposed on MSIG? Are you willing to actually take that risk? Yep. I'm telling you that there's I, a I wish, I wish there was a mic drop. Yeah. Uh, no, but I can't, like, it's not a guarantee I can do, but there is, um, so I just came back from China. I did spend uh, two weeks there and that was an item that was on the agenda every single time I met somebody and the referendum came up. Like, why isn't anybody voting on referendums? And a, a big part of it is the portal itself. Um, it requires VPN to access. As far as I know, uh, all the discussions back and forth are all in English, all in Telegram. That stuff is not happening in, in Chinese in WeChat. And the, the one sense that I did get um, is that the people that are running the block producers, typically the decision makers, they're developers. They're not people who are going on the community. I'm generalizing here. This is not everybody. Um, but what they want to see is just something on MSIG, then they review, and then they vote. All this pre-stuff beforehand, it's not their thing. And for better or worse or for good, or I'm not judging if it's good or bad. Once it's on MSIG, then they they uh, they make their official positions known until it's on MSIG. They just don't want to do it. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, that's and, helpful. And from my from my discussions, um, the concept behind EUA are very favorable. Uh, the general um, the general feeling behind the EOA are are quite supported. Uh, they. Because then this then links to blacklist and links to a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they're quite concerned with this stuff. Like they, it's not. We're, we always say that well, they're not participating in Telegram. They must not care. They care a lot. They're just Telegram sucks for them. It, this is really garbage for Telegram them to be able sucks to. Sucks for all of us. Um, no, but at least in Telegram, I wake up every morning 
um, and I can catch up and I can read. If English wasn't, I mean, English isn't my first language, but if English was a, was a distant second language, there's no way that I could catch up. I'd have to go and copy paste every single message in Google Translate, or I'd assign my community manager to do a summary at the end of the day. And that community manager is also, you know, that's the second language. There's no way it'd be able to get the information. That's the reality, unfortunately. At the end of the day, the MSIG speaks for everything. The MSIG is on chain. It's an official request for participation. Um, that's where you see, I mean, more participation. Uh, every time we've had an MSIG on chain, I've had to go each and every single person and ask them and translate for them and guide them through what the, the process is. Because that 24 hours worth of back and forth that I did in Telegram, they got zero of that. So I need to summarize every single time. Um, we need that is an issue in EOS. We need to work. We need to figure out a way to, to solve that. It is so a problem. Tomorrow will be three weeks since um, since the uh, EUA was translated into Chinese. It will be about five weeks that it was translated into Korean. Um, I guess I will convene with the rest of my team and we will propose it in the future. I, I understand what is happening on a certain level of participation, but I mean, maybe we, we should try to push this uh, agenda as the way that we did with the elections of the BPs, you know? Proxies are actually, you know, the embodiment of the will of many users. So maybe we shouldn't expect at this point, at least, that we will have a massive participation from the normal user. And maybe leave this to put, to be pushed or to start away from the proxies. You know, we have a lot of proxies like they haven't vote and proxies with a, a very big weight. You know, so that that's something that maybe we should tackle also. Well, as, as Ash was saying, know. yeah, the freedom proxy votes very actively. We're exceptionally active in the community. If if your proxy isn't voting or isn't representing you, come check us out freedomproxy.org. Look at that little shameless plug there. I guess uh, I'll throw, it's a good time to throw this in. We just went over 200 and some votes, 217 proxied accounts. Awesome. Right. Congratulations. About, three quarters, about three quarters of a million votes currently right now. That's All awesome. on chain. Check out our votes. Yeah. Like us, love us, hate us. Like us, love <laughs> us. talk about us. Just talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no such thing as bad airtime. No. All right. So we've got ITAM Games. They re released, uh, you know, it's South by Southwest right now down in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. And Mythical Games down there. ITAM Games uh, released a video giving us some little insights on the types of games they're creating. Uh, all for the EOS blockchain right now. And it's, we're removing, we're moving away from free to play to play to earn. So now the idea, you know, I'm a big gamer, the ability to play video games and unlock and earn uh, blockchain based scarce tokens, skins, swords, magic spells, shields, whatever you want. Uh, this is really exciting for me. I think this is going to create such an enormous new digital economy within in game uh, where you can actually own your tokens and sell these things and people who are mining this stuff or playing these games, they're actually going to be able to make money. You're talking about Alberto, what how can we make money online? Well, what if what if like a your your 10-year-old son or your 12-year-old uh daughter or something can play video games online and actually accrue scarce digital items that they can sell on the open market for Bitcoin, 
right? Yeah, for actually, that's that's a big point of success of of the Steam blockchain. You know, uh, Steam it uh, as a DApp is huge in Venezuela, and it was just because it was the, the door to say, hey, I can do things online and get rewards in crypto that lately will will become money for me. And and an interesting thing that is happening in that realm is that Steam is kind of becoming the playground for for games and actually you know there's a couple of games drug wars and steam monsters that are becoming huge i mean we're talking about fifteen thousand uh, people playing daily these games you know mm-hmm. in in blockchains that were considered kind of you know dead yeah. or kind of slow stagnated so this is this is a game changer I, I'm, I'm telling you now i'm getting a lot of people always asking about games and stuff because this new idea of I just need to play a lot so I can earn and eat. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it, video game online video games have now changed forever. I've been playing since the Atari 2600 and the Intellivision back in the 80s. And, you know, finally we, we're reaching the pinnacle, I believe, of online gaming, where the control is put back into the gamer. And it's, man, th- this is this is a new era for online video games. It's, it's eventually going to be, oh, you're not, you're, your game doesn't allow me to save my assets, blockchain assets. Like, I would never play that again. I, w- <laughs> I want to give, I want to give a shout out to, to, to uh, and I, you know, I do not know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry if you're listening right now, but uh, Aeon Ha or Eon Ha from from I, ITAM Games, uh, he wrote the tagline of of uh, forget free to play. This is play to earn, yeah. and that is going to be the way to describe blockchain gaming, in my opinion, forever, uh, forever. Yeah. Play to play to earn. That's it. Everyone remember that. Enshrine it in your mind. When someone asks you what blockchain gaming is about, say it's about play to earn. Uh, and and it's absolutely right. It's, cha- it's going to change the way gaming is done. And the best part about it is that uh, if you're, you know, the big developers, they're not going to give away this control of these markets, these walled garden markets that they have created where they sell these items that they never actually give away the ownership of. There's no reason for them to do that, except when at, when the smaller, less incumbent developers start to adopt these these ways of doing things and then the big ones are going to go ah oh, shit all right i think we have to start to do stuff like this and that control is eventually going to be relinquished and that that's i'm so excited that that's going to happen like I, honestly i think 10 15 years is going to be a long journey yeah I, and this is one of those awesome technologies that small teams can implement quickly that make these big teams uh, really have to step back and reanalyze things. It's kind of like Tesla coming in and making, you know, General Motors or Ford step back and be like, huh, are we going to try to shut this down or are we going to need to evolve? Uh, And look, there's no doubt in my mind that every online video game in the future has to be on a blockchain because not only do I want to show you how elite I am and my, my, kill to death ratio or my win loss ratio but i also want to show you the time that it took me to get this one really ridiculous magical dragon that i can now fly around the entire world maybe multiple worlds for multiple and then lease it on shintai and then lease it on shintai <laughs> for a thousand dollars a month because you don't have a dragon you don't have the time to earn this dragon you don't have the money to buy this dragon 
but I'll lease it to you for ten percent a month. What are you laughing at, Eve? It's so good because you don't have a dragon. Yeah, think think about the other way too. Not just with NFTs, but imagine being imagine being a game developer, and you're like, okay, so we're gonna have their challenges, right? And on mm-hmm. on Xbox, I have an Xbox. You get a badge when you be, beat a challenge. You've got a p- certain point value associated with that. Well, what if it weren't point values anymore? And if and it were token values? And they say with the game launch, there is a ten thousand EOS uh, reward for this particular challenge. And you know what? Only one of you are going to get it. Mm-hmm. It's locked in a smart contract. And when you are able to achieve a certain uh, certain criteria, it will automatically be distributed to you. Little bounties. It's the exact yeah, same thing as uh, yeah, the Easter egg in um, in Ready Player One, which was a great story, but a terribly written book. Sorry, uh, but I still loved it anyway. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to be amazing. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Uh, and I, I don't really liken it to Tesla and GM in the sense that the gaming industry, in my opinion anyways, has been very good at adapting. Mm. Um, it, it's one of the industries that, in my opinion, because I, I grew up with it, I'm born in 1982, so I grew up with my first yeah. NES, I think in when I was five or six years old, like 1987, 1988, something like that. Um, And then everything's just evolved, 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 evolved. And it's one of the industries that we know um, whenever there's a bear market or whenever there's a downturn, gaming is very rarely affected. Well, because they're 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 not very highly regulated. There's not a lot of government in gaming. There's not a lot of government in this. So they can stay very agile and, and continue to evolve per the demands of their users. You know, why, why does healthcare and school and automobiles, all that suck? Well, it's because there's so much government regulation. We don't have the freedom to adapt and evolve. But yeah, gaming gaming's going to crush it. This is a trillion dollar economy that's about to be born. Games around the world. People are, the, I've gone to major league gaming conventions and this is about to just take an enormous step forward for uh, property rights. And for yeah. people, people, yeah. people find well, it's around 130 billion right now. Well, 130 just billion. You just look how crazy that is. Like uh, a League of Legends and Dota came on the scene, and they were doing. Um, I think the first couple of events, like um, the the first Dota major series, uh, was something like 10 million was the the first prize pool, and that was never seen before. You could actually play video games, right? And win 10 million dollars. That's amazing. And, and, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Now we'll add into there. All the skins. So the, the new gaming model is here's the game for free. You oh, want absolutely. the full experience. Here you go. But now you want these extra little things which don't affect the game, but they right. affect you and they make you unique. Right. You know, a buck, two bucks, whatever. Come into our economy. It's amazing. Our, yeah. And, and the great thing now is you don't need to be the best gamer in the world and win that $10 million. You can be a good gamer and win $10. And $10 might mean a lot. Especially if it's ten dollars in cryptocurrencies, you feel me, Alberto? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can make a career out of that. No, I know no. right now many people that are hooked to many blockchain games just because of their only passive income. For you know, sure. even talking about EOS, which are our one of the most popular dApps right now on EOS. EOS Nights is a game. Yes. Games yes. are just the, the the gateway to to non crypto people to to adopt these technologies and actually. In our survey, according to the 500 plus people that we got, uh, the favorite current DAP on EOS was EOS Nights. So yeah. that tells you something that a game is, is the best thing that we can come up right now. Back I think in- the, the best games that we're going to see in the beginning are coming out of China and Korea. Well, yeah, they already, most, most likely. 
That that's yeah. one of the things that I noticed when I was there um, the last two weeks. Most of the block producers aren't developing some games. Uh, there's some very cool games that are already out there. We're just not aware of them, but they already have a huge user base, and they're awesome. They're really good and they're accessible. They're on the wallets. Uh, Go to Token Pocket has all of them. Uh, like there's there's already a lot of games out there. I want to lease a dragon. That's I just want yeah, to do that. I'm, I want to so I want to play all thirty game. games from my. So if you're a developer <laughs> here, and you're just build in an Easter egg dragon, like a gold dragon or a mithril dragon or something. Oh, I'm there. And uh, then make sure that this guy gets it yeah. or, or whatever, charge him for it. I'll pay. Forget about it. If I can fly around and burn shit. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. All right, so guys. Before we, we go on to the next thing, I did get yeah. information about um, what I was talking about earlier. I'm not talking out of my ass. All right, uh, there, there is something there. So there's a couple of things. Um, one is that the premium name services are not done right now. So right now we're looking at premium name services and it's all short names, right? So there's also an extra feature where we're going to be able to have uh, longer name services and where we're also going to be able to have multiple bids going on concurrently that currently doesn't exist. So those are two other funds that would funnel into name fee. Yeah, um, but, but is, is, that, like, is that a future like, feature or is that time locked? Uh, right now, it's not deployed or quoted, but it was talked about before. But again, it would still be the name fee. Now, the other thing I was talking about uh, is basically the EOSIO uh, token, and it's a, a premium. Basically, you'd be getting a premium token name that could be implemented today. It's very vague right now, but the idea is the top 21 could implement it. Um, and it's just using the EOSIO token, and it would give premium tokens that would be pre-approved by top 21. So whenever you're interacting with that token, let's say it's IQ token or let's say whatever token it is, you know that that particular smart contract and that token was approved by the 21 or yeah, I guess by 15 out of 21 minimum. Sounds like um, and that would be a third, uh, a third way of making, um, uh, putting money into Rex. Very vague right now, but that is the third thing that I was talking about. On top of the other extra extended name bidding services that currently aren't in use, but could be uh, put in. That, that doesn't about. that doesn't exist yet. But but the other stuff, I'm looking at the EOSIO.token code. All right. So, we would it. have to implement it, but the idea is that those tokens that were vetted by at least 15 out of 21 would be premium tokens. They would come at a cost, a very similar auction to what the name bid auction is right now. Um, but let's say your Facebook or let's say your Visa or whatever, you're a huge company. You want to make sure that like, I want the reputation that the 15 out of 21 minimum approves my smart contract, audited it, make sure that everything is good. You could do that. Oh, and I it's, see. it's like an EOSIO.token. And or, that would fuel yeah, future X. Maybe BP start offering that and, and that pulls in. Or, or maybe they start offering that service kind of like uh, EOS 42 does right now with their smart contract auditing. And it's just uh, an alternative revenue source from them. But we'll definitely keep our eye on that. Well, they, um, I, I know that T Telos uses um, non, like they use unique namespace for token tickers. So you can't uh, have... You know, for example, someone created a fake EOS token, which, um, you know, if you don't put in the proper checks of whatever it is receiving EOS, for, there was some uh, there were some exchanges that didn't do this. You'll think that it's it's EOS because you're just checking text and you're not checking the the sender. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, okay, I'm gonna look into that more. Thank you, Eve.
It's been so. This was discussed prior to launch. This was never spoken about afterwards because, in terms of priority, it is one of the lowest priorities right now. But it could. I think it will come back at some point, especially when we get large, like let's say effects.ai, or when we get really large uh, developers coming on the scene and they want that prestige that comes with having a vetted token. Uh, we can do that. We can implement it today if we really wanted to. We just need to restart the discussion and, and go over basically what we need to do when we make changes like that. Uh, so moving right along here, we got just a couple more items to discuss. And I know we're, I know we're long on time. This is the first episode that we've had this format. So uh, it's not a surprise that we're a bit long, long on time. If anybody does need to drop off, feel free to do it. Uh, we've got EOS Finex has mm -hmm. really started pushing out some updates. And I think I saw in a Telegram group, or maybe on Twitter, that they're expecting their uh their beta to come out within the next week or so um, anybody sure. keep up with that i saw that they released a very uh very awesome medium post detailing technically how to interact with their smart contract uh setting up orders you know all sorts of types of orders market orders limit orders fill or kill orders you know what type of impact do you see eos finex we've already got a couple good dexes but I know that everybody that the Bitfinex name carries a lot of weight in the system and EOS Finex. Uh, I think, you know, I think it's going to be big. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, there, there are two things that are uh, so very excited about this because they are a talented team. Uh, it is a very cool exchange and they've done it with ETH Finex. Now they're going to do it with EOS Finex. And there are two things that I want to clarify, not to take away from the excitement, mm -hmm. but um there are those that believe that US dollars will be offered. They won't. It will be Tether. And there are those that believe that EOS Finex is running on the mainnet. It's not. It's running on a side chain with a mm -hmm. gateway to the mainnet. So those are just two. Um, and I confirm that directly uh, with them because okay. I, I wanted to make sure. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it, 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 the very cool thing for me is that they're making it, uh, it looks like it's going to be low barrier to adding a new token pair mm. that is very cool so uh there, it's a controversial thing for to have listing fees for example and this is far away from that um there there's going to be there's likely going to be some liquidity requirement that if you want to provide uh if you want to create a token pair you will need to provide some pool of liquidity for that uh mm. i i i'm not too sure, but I, I think that having low barriers to to adding a new token pair is very important for a decentralized exchange and for a, a crypto economy. And it's yeah. one of the issues with with DEXs, right? It's the liquidity, mm -hmm. um, and so we we already see that with, um, for example, with Bancor. So the relays. The idea is that the more liquidity you have backing it, backing the relay, then the more uh, stable, less volatility there is within that trading pair, whatever it is. Um, I did hear the same thing as you, Kevin. Where I think the idea, uh, medium term, is to have zero fees or very low minimal uh, requirements. If I'm not mistaken, though, in the very short uh, early term, there will be some fees, uh, basically for like the premium ones that want to get on board right away. And then the idea is that will then fuel enough of the development and enough of whatever recovering the cost so that then everything afterwards can be free. What I'm excited about it as well is that um, we're going to we're going to see some competition. We're going to see some arbitration between EOS Finex, who's I mean, uh, 
Bitfinex, who's a block producer in the space, Huobi, who's also a block producer in the space, and they're going a different route. So instead of offering a decentralized exchange, they're offering an EOS centralized exchange. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think one is better than the other. You've got your choice, whatever you want to use. What I think is going to be interesting is you've got these two players which are going to compete in the same ecosystem for more users. At the end of the day, in my experience, what that can do is that for the end user, it just means lower fees, uh, lower marginal costs, uh, just better services. Um, in my opinion, that's just awesome. People are going to compete for the tokens that they want to list. People are the, the both exchanges are going to compete for the users. And for me, that just means better services at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we're excited about that. And leaning on this, uh, Zane, we've been chatting with Bancor a bit, and we saw that they just released their unified wallet. Uh, mm. You and I test drove their unified wallet yesterday. Yes, what can you give us an idea about how liquidity is different on Bancor and just your experience with their wallet in general? Well, I really like what the team there has been doing. I know they've been in the space creating personal currencies. I believe he said since two thousand and twelve. So they've been in this game a long time and they understand that the most important thing is liquidity because if for people to exchange peer to peer, you have to be able to access it, have it transact with it. So their, so their solution was to not rely on exchange book depth to be able to get in and out. They have a liquidity pool specifically with their Bancor algorithm, which you can at any time you can go there as long as the team supports it and they have the pool there of tokens, you always have access if you buy say you want to buy 1% of their liquidity pool, you might raise the price 1%. If you, and the whole idea is so that people can always have access. Like if you wanted to be a, a big whale and just jump in and buy a whole, whole lot, you want to buy their entire liquidity pool, you would be paying more and more and more and more and more over time. And at some point you're going to say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this. And there will be some left over for the next guy, which is very interesting because if you go to some decentralized exchanges, you might just not be able to get in more than 50 bucks worth of a token. And you're like, well, this is unusable. So yeah. with, with that dynamic, it's very powerful that they've in a way, they've found a way to ignore exchanges, make it decentralized, working to make it within wallets to always have access to specific tokens, which is a absolute breakthrough, which I wish everyone would be talking about this. Nobody's talking about this, it especially so quiet. That they've combined their ETH liquidity pool that they've been running for a while on the Ethereum network, and then their EOS liquidity pool that they, you know, Bancor X. Uh, mm -hmm. Dan, one of the first things that Dan Larimer started to implement and work with for EOS early on was integrating Bancor. And now they've merged those liquidity pools. So you could have the BAT token, the basic attention token on Ethereum go through Bancor and sell that and receive DICE tokens, for instance, uh, EOS DICE on EOS. And mm. you, di you didn't have to go into Ethereum and then go over to EOS and then go EOS into BET, I mean, into DICE, which you would normally have to do on who knows how many exchanges. This is going to be integrated within the wallet. It already is the Bancor unified wallet. I'm super impressed with the team. Yeah, there's still some issues that need to be worked out, but the the underlining foundational plumbing that Bancor is offering us on the EOS side is ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that more people aren't talking about this. I don't think a lot of people understand it just in general, and so they can't talk about it. But this is essentially a decentralized smart contract shapeshift with atomic swaps across Ethereum and EOS, but even just as significantly from within our own EOS community or with our own EOS tokens, we can, we just have easier access and more liquidity to get in and out of these tokens. 
I expect that this is going to draw a lot of Ethereum people who are tired of holding their tokens and not being able to do anything with them. They can sell them and come on over to EOS. Then they can play games or they can stake them and earn dividends. And with the Bancor unified wallet that you can hold Ethereum and Ethereum tokens and EOS and EOS tokens in the same wallet with the Bancor basically decentralized smart contract based shapeshift within it. You know, uh, shapeshift really paved the way here with helping us with token exchanges, but you know, unfortunately, they were they were sent they are centralized, and now Bancor is really bust up on the stage. Yeah, uh, this is this is like the the transition to the new model of of exchanges right now. I mean, 2018 has been kind of a learning process of how dangerous, how exposed centralized exchanges are, and how that tackled the, the entire crypto economy. So I think since you know, all, all these new model of having the centralized exchanges and with these new technologies to provide instant liquidity is pretty much how we're building the next generation of, of, of exchange and interaction among cryptocurrencies and tokens. You know, this is just the, the, the process of, of evolution. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's like we're removing the, the requirement for centralization in our ability to gain liquidity. And you know, anytime people handle blockchain tokens, the governments you know see them as with a target on their back because it's somebody they can go after. So we're eliminating that risk, and you know, Bancor's really leading the charge here. Uh, hey guys, okay. I got to jump off, but but thank yeah. you very much, Eve, yeah. Alberto, Zane, Ash. Thank you very much. Yeah, for that. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Kevin. Yeah. Wrapping up here, guys. Strong Block uh, just closed the four million dollar round. It looks like they're trying to be something like the the Red Hat of open source EOS IO blockchains, custom built EOS blockchains. Um, More power to them. I think that that's really good. I mean, the people that uh, that are uh, that founded this are quite intimate with the software. They're quite. I mean, I'm sure their network um, their network resources are also really really good. Um, and I think that they, they have a really good team to be able to facilitate leverage new projects that want to come on that are really outside of the blockchain space um, and, and be able to facilitate because that's what they're really good at is the facilitation process mm -hmm. um, to be able to facilitate the onboarding onto specifically EOS IO. I'm not sure if it's going to be own chains, it's going to be the main net, if it's going to be whatever solution. Um, but I think that that's really positive. It's a really good, you know, really good news for the uh, for the ecosystem. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, especially when they came out with, you know, the Red Hat example and mm. Red, Hat, Red Hat's global headquarters just happened to be on the university uh, that I went to North Carolina State. So I'm super familiar with Red Hat and kept up with them in the early 2000s and see how they created enterprise Linux software before Red yeah. Hat. Before Red Hat, uh, Linux didn't really take off like it has now. And now they created an enterprise software with with top level customer support. And if if Strongblock can pull this off, man, uh, I, I'm I would be super impressed. I you know this is a good this is a this is a good example of how uh, you can put aside some political differences. Thomas Cox and I have very different ideas on how governance could or should work on EOS mainnet, for instance. But whenever it comes to building something, I always appreciate builders. And so I'm totally on board with Strongblock. I wish them a ton of success. And I hope they put that $4 million to work because they could, if we had a, if we had an enterprise solution to spin up custom-made EOS IO uh, blockchains for, for businesses, that could be, that could be really bullish. 
Um, we've got Samsung and HTC are bringing blockchain to the masses. You know, we saw the Samsung, uh, I think it's called S10 or something. Phone came yeah, out. Yeah, the S10, S10 Plus. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about that? I think it only supports Ethereum ERC20 tokens at the moment. Uh, yeah, so there, so I didn't use it personally, but, um, Elam, uh, who was an ambassador for us and was our community manager for a while, he bought the phone when it came out, uh, and he went on Twitter and he posted how it worked. It's integrated in it. I believe you have to download an external wallet, but off official Samsung, uh, wallets called the engine wallet, I, I believe, or something like that. Um, and yeah, he did go through the, you know, he did share some screenshots. It's integrated in there. I'm guessing that it's with, uh, so Samsung has has a Knox, they call it, I think it's Knox security, um, so that it's kind of the hardware prior to the software launching. So prior to your, your OS launching, there's, a, there's an extra step. Um, and so you've got that two layer security. Once you're in it, then you still have your biometrics, you store your keys in there. Um, I mean, it's just the beginning from what I could tell, like you said, ERC20 tokens, maybe a couple more, I'm not too sure. So I'm not sure how they did that partner with that. But it's a major player, right? How many, um, in, in terms of Android, how many people have Android phones? Which, I mean, Samsung is not Android, but if Samsung can do it, that might open up for Android, which might open up for more users. Regardless, even if it never ends up opening for all of Android users, Samsung is such a big player. It's, right. I think what's exciting for me is it legitimizes for the first time very publicly uh, crypto. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like and you've, one of the hugest players in the mobile in the space. Game. Yeah. It, that is because for, for them to do that, that means that they've had a team for a while. It means oh, they've yeah. been thinking about it for a while. They've they been did. investing for right. a while, right? So for them to do this is for me, the symbolic uh, portion of it, even if there's not much adoption right now is, is humongous. It just it, brings it up to a whole new level. It's going to yeah. create, you know, it's going to create competition. Other, other phone manufacturers have to look at this now. They have no choice. They, they have, have no choice. Yeah. Phones are going on blockchain. Games are going on blockchain. Yeah. yeah. They have to respond to the massive, you know, Korea is huge on, on crypto in general. I mean, they have to respond to their own markets and say, hey, you know, that we have a lot of users trying to get the best of this technology and this ecosystem. So it's just a natural response. Remember that I think it was a year or two years ago that there was a these headlines saying that Samsung was going to produce miners, Bitcoin miners. So mm -hmm. they, they have been kind of testing the waters for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's, it's more about what, what is said about legitimizing this. I don't think that necessarily the product is a game changer. You know, I, I think uh, people that are actually in, uh, on the crypto ecosystem will rather to use a, a hardware wallet than just a cell phone, this specific cell phone for that. But it, it's kind of putting the discussion on, on, on the hands of everyone. I mean, Samsung is a huge player. And of course, the Android ecosystem, I think, is by far the, the, the major OS on mobile right now in the world. So yeah, that, that, could, that should help to put the awareness again on the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's just showing everything's moving much more slowly than what we would like, but... <laughs> I think it's because we're inundated with this stuff all the time. We um, always overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what's going to happen in five. That's yeah, right. Uh, okay, last but not least here, we've got Plan uh, Platin. Platin? 
platin, I think they call it. I'm, I'm saying Plat- it with a Spanish accent. Platin? Platin. Alberto, <laughs> love having you on today. Platin. <laughs> You're having an effect. I know, right? <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to call it platin. It's proof of location. And this is something that uh, Dan Larimer came out speaking and big time in favor of, which I hadn't really thought about. But we've seen this stuff in like Foursquare. You'll be walking around somewhere and it'll be like, Oh, Jamba Juice wants to give you 20% off. And you're like, oh, God, there's Jamba Juice right there. Like, wh- what do you think this could do if this is tokenized? Um, I mean, th- the possibilities of, of this, especially if augmented reality um, really kicks off, which I think it will at some point, the possibilities of this are just crazy endless. Like when I, when I read this, the thing that I'm thinking for, for better or for worse, I'm thinking of minority report or I'm thinking of um, uh, 2049 or something that where you're walking around and everything pops over you and everybody knows like you're now the product that's being sold to, uh, but then you can go and eat there and, and let's say it doesn't cost you money or whatever because you're now the product. You're walking, so it's kind of scary. Uh, but at the same time, I think the, the possibilities of being able to do this, like Pokemon Go, I think is the one thing that they mentioned in the article mm-hmm. are um, like, I, I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. The possibilities are, are somewhat endless in terms of how you could get and what you could get from this, especially if it's run on a blockchain that is as fast uh, or, or, you know, something like EOS, where you could actually leverage this. It would be pretty amazing and just think about this you the the company i'm just going to use you know jamba juice for uh, somehow that came to my mind i have no clue maybe it's because i live in colorado and it's all a bunch of juice drinking hippies but um (laughs) they could if you're close to their store within let's say two blocks or so they can issue you a token and then Mm -hmm. if if you if you spend it then they, they can like query they can like keep record like hey okay we issued ash a token he actually spent it within 24 hours. We're going to issue him another token. Or we issued Ash a token. He didn't spend it for two weeks. If he comes back, we're probably not going to waste our time. But maybe we will and send him one more token. It's just uh, it's a level of transparency that I think could create a lot of efficiencies for a lot of these businesses. Rather than the, rather than the old model of, hey, we're going to pay the government to use the United States Postal Service to send you a whole bunch of shitty junk mail that you don't want anyways. You're not in our vicinity. Who knows if you're ever going to use this? Uh, you know, this could, this is the market finding efficiency and creating value more efficiently. I think it's, I mean, I think it's wonderful. What'll be interesting as well. Oh, go for it, Alberto. Well, I'm just imagining like connecting, you know, one of, one of the difficult things here in Latin America, at least, is to find actual places that, that works with crypto. You know, and just I just imagine the awareness that could create that location. Say, hey, here is a place that you can spend your whatever token. Right. And that connection can just shift the paradigm so quickly because right now this is just kind of a an underground network of people telling each other, hey, you can spend here. You can spend yeah, there. You're like walking down the street and it's, you think you're getting notifications on your phone. You're just getting like tokens dropped. You're like, oh, yeah, all these places are crypto friendly. It's it's almost like back in the day where it was like free Wi-Fi. And that was the big draw. You know, it's like, oh, I can go to Starbucks and get free Wi-Fi. Well, now it's like you don't even have to see it on the door. You just hear your phone buzz. You take it out. And you're like, oh, God, I just got a, a Starbucks token that's worth 50% off of a whatever, whatever. A pumpkin well, what's spice cool latte. About this as well, because you own your own data, right? 
Um, so this was, I think, going to happen. This is going to happen regardless of blockchain. I think this concept that people will already know your location and you'll get spammed. What's cool about it being on blockchain is I'll be able to dictate whether or not I want to receive um, these spam messages or whatever these invitations. I'll be able to say, all right, I'm in Caracas right now. I am hungry and, uh, you know, I'm in whatever. I'm looking for this type of food and then it will only trigger that. And so what I was thinking with, with uh, what Alberto was saying earlier is exactly that. Like I'm somewhere, I'm hungry, I've got crypto, who accepts crypto, mm. I need to eat. Um, and then I won't need to go and, and seek out, they will actually seek me out because I've given the permission exactly. for them to actually reach out to me. And yeah. I think that that's where I think it's so crucial that this is on a blockchain is you give the permission for this to happen because you control your own data. Whereas right now, um, I give access to Google. Google knows where I am at all times, whether right. I, I, can't, I can't go down the granular of what I want as right. much as, let's say, with, with a token or with, with blockchain. It's like I want to I wanna signal that I am hungry for Mexican food. I'm open to receiving those types of tokens. Come on, bring them to me. Right. I'm, I'm walking down 16th street mall in Denver, Colorado. And I'm like, all right, I'm interested in Mexican food. I'll, I'll share my information. If your token has been tagged Mexican food and you have live music, I, I don't know. I'm just going, going crazy yeah. here. Or I'm open to Thank airdrops. You. I'm yeah. open to, to exactly. this. Oh yeah. I'm open to airdrops. You just walk in the morning and you get these 10 tokens of whatever shop and say, hey, come and spend it right now. Or I set my do not disturb and go ahead and try to send me your token, punk. It's just going to send right back. Maybe you, could go to, maybe you could go to Rex and we could uh, <laughs> deflate with it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to help with location tracking. I, I just imagine like getting an actual package from Amazon. I want to see like a little Pac-Man map. Oh, oh, yep, they're coming. Oh, they've, they've got 50% of the tokens on the way to my doorstep. Like, I just imagine so many digital coins out there. It's, it's and it's just helping everyone identify things, tracking, marketing's easier because you got targeted audiences, less ways, just so many ways it could be done. And that's not even like the creative side. That's just existing businesses. Functional. Implement, yeah, yeah. It's, implementing just, it's just geo-mapping. It's that, that geo-mapping, mm -hmm. geospatial um, yeah. feature that's now being added on top of EOS, which is just incredible. Well, fellas, this has been an unbelievable show today thank you so much alberto for the first hand on the ground experience from venezuela i really hope that this i want i put that topic first so that you can share it with your with your team and with your community they don't have to wade through all of our nonsense uh, they they can get right to the point at the very beginning of the show uh thank so, you so much for coming on i really appreciate that thank you for for letting me spread the word on this issue actually the, the most important thing the thing that i value the most of, of you and this time and this show is that this is a window for a lot of people that are probably voting for us or some some kind of relationship with rbp that have no idea what's going on for real in venezuela and why for us is so important this mission and we will get you up into one of those paid backup spots that's for sure that's the goal of this call Thank right you. here i just checked their their Within two of the bubble, so they. How many votes do they need right now? Well, well they're in it. There are two slots of paid right now as a standby. Oh, nice. Oh, they are right. currently in it. 
Wait a Ooh, second. Were they not in it when we started the show? <laughs> I, I would like to think so, but we, I know they're in there now. All right. All right. Maybe well, we had an effect. Put put yeah. your votes in for EOS Venezuela and let's let's get them some block rewards because they're doing great things for it. It matters. Block rewards matter more in, EO, in Venezuela right now than probably any other place in the world. So let's get them going. And I do see that EOS Venezuela votes for the EOS user agreement for decaf and for rex for all so oh well we we've got our, our, our kind of guys our kind of guys right our kind of guys and and correct me if i'm wrong zane but freedom proxy has one open slot at the moment we currently do we're looking to shuffle a couple around as you know start of next month so yeah if you no, want to hey, vote be known <laughs> reach out to us you know what we like you know you know we we are the most free market supporting proxy on eos mainnet you can put that on the blockchain Eve, thank you so much for coming out again, man. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm I'm so happy. Like I'm so happy that I asked the question to Alberto. What can we do in terms of next steps? Like what can we call to action? Um, so I can confirm that we have already sent out the request to Links and Meet One, and I already have a translator waiting on standby to receive the JSON file, so that when he receives the JSON file, it will be translated, and you will have your wallets in Spanish as soon as possible. That is what thank we're talking you. about. Yes, sir. Great. This is great. We should do more of this. Uh, I would have never seen something in the last <laughs> month. Right now, boom. Uh, yeah. Hey, and Alberto, thank you for being so persistent and reaching out to me on Telegram because I don't always get back to everyone and you know <laughs> I'm inundated with messages sometimes, but you were persistent and that's what it takes to build freedom. So thank you so much. Zane, thank thanks you. for joining, man. This is this has been a great show. Yeah, I really had a great time. Super good guest. Great topics. We ran a little bit long, but kind of happens when you're having a great time talking about stuff you're interested in. So no doubt. So yeah, yeah. I just got a confirmation right now from uh, well through a second party, Fred at Links. So uh, he's going to be sending us the file. So we'll get that to you as soon wow. as possible. Big hey. shout out to Suardo, our ambassador, uh, who's going to be doing the um, the translations for us. So we'll send that over to you, and I'll I'll send you a private message, Alberto, as soon as it's done. Awesome. Yeah, and big Thank shout out you. to Fred over at Links. He's an awesome guy. He's he's building and he keeps the user in mind, which is something that you know I, I can really appreciate. Uh, so this new show format, current events, is every Wednesday at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. That's one p.m. on Wednesday, New York time. Please tune in. Uh, retweet this and share it. I, I think uh, if you're interested in a free market perspective on the happenings in and around the EOS IO community, this is your place. Uh, as always, this is sponsored by the Freedom Proxy. Check us out on uh, freedomproxy.org. We tell you exactly who we vote for, why we vote for them, where their nodes are located, and we vote, and I hope you do too. Until next time, I'm Ash. And this, I'm Zane. Yeah. I'm Alberto. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a good picture. Yeah. And this is EOS Radio Weekly Update. Take care. Build freedom, everyone. Bye, everybody. Cheers. All right. Peace out, guys.